You're listening to Policy Currents, a weekly podcast from the RAND Corporation. I'm Deanna Lee. And I'm Evan Banks. Every Friday, we bring you new insights from RAND's latest research and commentary. It's July 30th. Black Americans who reside in counties in the South where there was a higher number of lynchings from 1882 to 1930 have lower voter registration today. That's according to a new RAND study. Even after accounting for other factors that could influence voter registration, such as education, income, high incarceration rates, and the scarcity of polling places in some counties, the study showed a small but consistent correlation between past lynchings and lower voter registration among Black people. The study was conducted by RAND economist Jacova Williams, who, in addition to analyzing historic lynching data and voter registration information, also looked at past surveys that tracked individuals' attitudes about voting. Based on this information, Williams says it's plausible that past lynching events may have caused Black people to avoid the voting process altogether, creating a culture of voter apathy that affected subsequent generations. After all, lynchings were the original form of voter suppression, says Williams, and the legacy of that suppression is still evident today. Afghanistan is the world's largest producer of illegal opium poppy. For decades, illegal opiates have helped sustain farmers and workers in rural parts of the country, while also funding non-state actors and insurgent groups. As fentanyl and other synthetic opioids displace heroin in some drug markets, a new RAND paper examines what could happen to Afghanistan if there's a drop in demand for its opiates. Overall, the authors find that a collapse of the opiate market in Afghanistan could have significant economic and political effects. But the extent of these effects depend largely on how fast a market decline happens. For example, a rapid and permanent drop in demand for Afghan opiates could have devastating effects on rural populations and disrupt other sectors of the economy, while a more gradual decline in demand could ease the transition for Afghan households by giving them more time to adjust. However, even a gradual decline in Afghanistan's opiates market could lower living standards in an already poor country and add to migratory pressures. There has long been evidence that having childcare enables mothers to work. But the pandemic may have also shown how a lack of childcare can be disastrous, and that there are potential economic gains from investing in childcare. That's according to Rand's Catherine Edwards, who recently broke down the data on labor force participation during the pandemic on the Rand blog. Overall, the numbers suggest that the greater the childcare need in the COVID-19 era, the larger the labor force decline. Although this decline was especially pronounced among women, it's important to note that childcare isn't just a challenge for working moms. Labor force participation is lower now across all workers. And the consequences don't end with a family's loss of income. Lack of childcare can have widespread economic consequences. That's because when parents have to stop working, it leaves both employers and a national labor force in need of workers. Wildfire seasons are starting earlier and lasting longer. Last year's was one of the worst on record, burning an area larger than the entire state of Maryland. 
These increasingly intense fire seasons are taking a physical and mental toll on the firefighters who protect lives and property across America's West. And according to Rand's Grace Hindmarch and Aaron Clark Ginsburg and Jay Bologna of the Party Rand Graduate School, failing to pay more attention to firefighters' mental health may lead to burnout, which could decimate their ranks and increase the risk of anxiety, depression, and PTSD, as well as higher rates of substance abuse and suicide. Both Clark Ginsburg and Bologna previously worked as wildland firefighters, so they understand firsthand the immense challenges of the job, dangerous conditions, long hours, and low pay. Addressing these issues could go a long way toward preventing job burnout, they say. Specifically, they recommend improved mental and physical health supports, such as the kind of therapy and chaplain services some intensive care unit staff in the healthcare sector received during the height of the pandemic. Firefighters could also benefit from on-staff psychologists and paid leave for mental health care. Decreasing the workload by hiring more staff both in support roles and on the fire line is another solution. And of course, Better pay and benefits could improve job satisfaction. Together, these strategies can minimize burnout among crucial workers and in turn support a more resilient core of wildland firefighters. Food insecurity is a critical social, economic, and health challenge, but its prevalence among veterans is not well understood. In a new paper, Rand's Tamara Dubowitz examines the magnitude of the problem and consider strategies to counter it. What we do know, Dubowitz says, is that some veterans, including Afghanistan and Iraq war veterans, women veterans, veterans experiencing or who have previously experienced homelessness, and veterans with serious mental illness, face higher rates of food insecurity than U.S. veterans overall. We also know some of the risk factors associated with food insecurity, It's linked to numerous poor health outcomes, such as poorly controlled hypertension, diabetes, HIV, and asthma, as well as a reduced ability to perform activities of daily living. So what might it take to address this problem? First, Dubowitz says that there is a great need for more research to better understand food insecurity among veterans, especially among those who we know may be at greater risk. Second, there's a mismatch between the number of veterans who qualify for federal assistance programs, such as SNAP, and the number of veterans who are enrolled in these programs. Closing this gap may be an important piece of the puzzle. And finally, given the strong association between mental health and food insecurity, current outreach efforts to support veterans' mental health could also include screening for food insecurity and enrollment in food assistance programs. RAND is a nonprofit institution that helps improve policy and decision making through research and analysis. For more on what we covered this week, check the show notes at rand.org/podcast. We'll see you next week. <laughs>